everyone. Welcome to 1111 Calling. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes, and today we have with us Katie Tartikoff. Katie has been making photographs since the age of 10. She continually answers the call from spirit to utilize her gift as a photographer. She has had the honor of photographing people from all over the world, from birth to death, to five generations of families, to children with life-challenging illnesses, to women and men with breast cancer, to women leaders and activists from around the world, to essential workers, and now the See Me, Hear Me project with families from different states, countries, and cultures, working with Each One, Teach One in Denver Public Schools. In addition, her fine art photography takes her to remote as well as well-known places to photograph the Milky Way, landscapes, wildlife, flowers, and birds. I feel honored to have known Katie for the past 20 years and to call her friend. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. You're very welcome. I am excited to share with our listeners a bit about you. I I met you probably 20 years ago in the hair salon, (laughs) uh, my first place working and was right around the corner from your photography studio and somehow you happened in I can't even remember now how that came to be (laughs) I can't either (laughs) um, you know I felt a very intense connection to you in a way early on I always I remember initially there was something about your energy and your aura that felt very much like my aunt Margaret who I was very close to and so I think part of it was that energy that you had felt very comforting to me. And then of course, just getting to know you, I just thought you were an amazing person, not just a amazing photographer, but such a kind, lovely soul. Um, a, a woman with a big heart and a mission and integrity and definitely brought into this world to help and heal. So the opportunity to share you and your story with listeners today is something I'm very excited to do because I think that when we do this, it only impacts the world in a positive way. So thanks again for being here. I would love to maybe start with how you got into photography and when you knew it was a calling for you that had great meaning. Mm. Well, first, I want to say um, I, it's mutual. When I met you, I just felt that you were a special soul, and I loved the instant connection we had. And I've I've loved watching you over the years. We've we've both been through a lot of losses mm-hmm. and changes, and um, the resilience of the human spirit and the way that you've raised your daughter is just very moving to me. Oh, thank you, Katie. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. So I started making photos when I was 10 years old and I had a little Kodak Instamatic camera with black and white film. They, the color was just coming out, but um, it was very expensive. And so I did black and white photography, which is still my favorite thing to do in terms of portraiture. Of course, with landscapes, I like doing color and black and white. But I, I always enjoyed photographing people. I was very blessed to grow up in an interesting home where we had people from all over the world living with us as brothers and sisters. And so documenting um, people and, and uh, from different countries and cultures and backgrounds and things was something that still moves me to this day and has definitely molded some of the ways in which I work. So um, as time went on, I, I used photography. I was, I, I was part of a, a new program when I was in high school where we got, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and we got to um, actually teach in elementary school and preschool. And I used photography and writing to help kids that were struggling in the classroom and that teachers just didn't really know what to do with. So I said, would you be open to me 
letting the kids take pictures with my camera and, and then I'll print them and um, the kids can tell their stories through their photographs. And it helped them with reading, it helped them with writing, it helped them socially. And um, unbeknownst to me, that would become part of my life work, yeah. uh, uh, facilitating people in documenting their lives of healing into death or healing into wellness. And um, that was sort of the unofficial start of using photography as a tool to facilitate healing. I don't know if I ever knew it and forgot or just never knew that you started in teaching. I mean, yes. you are a teacher. I know that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know that formally you were in education initially. Yeah. And um, when you mentioned that you were in high school at that time, when you started working with the students mm -hmm. with how did the idea to utilize photography in that way, how did that come to you? I, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, my memory is very interesting, but I think um, for me, photography has always been a tool for memory. Um, and also I love the way that when people look at photos, especially when they're hanging on the walls, that there's always a story to go with it. With portraits, I have, I have uh, family photos all over my office at my studio and people look at them and, and I tell the story or I have photos of the kids I worked with with cancer or AIDS or whatever. And there are always stories or people will make up their own stories when they look at photos. So I thought, well, that would be a really neat way for kids to uh, open up a little bit, to feel seen, to feel heard. And it's non-invasive, it's not intrusive can be intrusive, but generally it isn't. Um, but it's not threatening, right. you know, because you can, <clears throat> the kids can have a photo of themselves or their family or something that's hard in their lives and look at the photo instead of people looking at them. Okay. And when we've had gallery shows with uh, photos of, of kids with life-challenging illnesses or kids in the schools, right now the project we're doing, we're having putting all these photos and stories in a school. And it allows people to see the photos and read the stories without looking directly at you. And well, I didn't know you were blah, blah, blah. Or I didn't know your family was part of, you know, was enslaved when they were uh, many years back and things like that. So it gives a safety net mm -hmm. for people yeah. to look at the photos instead of looking at you and and sharing and, and asking questions and things like that. Right, so it takes, uh, eases that vulnerability a little bit as well as um, is empowering that you actually feel empowered. You can tell your story in a way that feels safe. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, it, so, yeah, it makes a big difference, especially for kids. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I think often their, their voices are overlooked or they don't feel like they have the right to have their voice heard, yeah. <laughs> you know, sadly. Um, yes. So when you um, transitioned out of high school and you studied education in college, did you know at that point you would continue to utilize photography in that teaching realm that way? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, you know, while, we're, while you're in college, I, I was able to, again, teach um, preschool and elementary school while I was in school. And I used photography with the kids quite a bit. And were you taking um, formal photography training as well? Or uh, did part, you of just... my, part of my art degree was photography. Okay. Oh, so you did have a degree in art as well. Yeah, I, so I, I did a double major art and education with a minor in psychology. Psychology. Okay. I get to use all of it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's super cool. Uh -huh. And so... After graduating college then, and, and how long did you work in the education system? Not too long. I was director teacher of a daycare preschool and I was not happy at all at how the families were treated. And okay. I kept confronting the owner and she wasn't quite thrilled that I wanted to have a healthy food 
opportunity for the kids because oftentimes what we fed them was the only meal of their day. Yeah. And they'd come in their pajamas and go home and go to bed. So um, that was a little disillusioning. And then um, I did teach uh, elementary school for a while. And then I taught at a Montessori preschool, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I can <clears throat> see that suiting you more. <laughs> yes. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't asked back because I was gay. And they were worried, even though they let me babysit their kids and they loved the work I did. But they were f- afraid that the parents would worry about wow. something. I don't know. And so um, at that point, I just really focused on building my photography business and did a lot of side jobs you know while I was building it I I did a lot of side jobs but um you know that was really in fact a gift because my photography is is such a blessing to so many people and and it fills my heart and soul on every level at that time that you started focusing more on your photography were you still aware or were you aware yet that this is really your calling and that this is something the divine or spirit source, God, whatever you want to call it. I say spirit. Yeah. I I know. I call it different things, different days, but all of it means the same thing to me. Me too. Um, too. So at what point did you realize I, I really, this is, this is my path. This is my gift to share. I think pretty early on. Um, I also did a training. I became a minister um, of a, an innovative church, the Church of Sacred Healing. Mm-hmm. And during that is when we did a lot of vision work. And that's when the children's legacy came to me, working with kids with life-challenging illnesses and helping them to tell their stories. And that became, um, so I had the portrait business and then I had the children's legacy simultaneously. Okay. And, um, and started developing relationships with my portrait clients who are now clients still, and they're bringing, uh-huh. the kids are bringing in their kids and some of those kids are bringing in their kids. Yeah. I know so, you've worked with some families for generations, which is super yes. cool. And I love seeing the, the pictures kind of that docu documentation of those families over the years. And it's, yeah. it's just really cool to see. Yeah. And um, so that the children's legacy, you, you started that in the late eighties, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And um, that ran for about 15 years. Would you mind sharing with the listeners what that was? So um, I work with families whose children had cancer, AIDS, muscular dystrophy, any kind of, I say life challenging instead of life threatening because life is life threatening. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're born, we're all going to die. But unfortunately I buried more kids than I can count. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, having seen the power of photography and writing and giving people a chance to feel seen and heard um, I came up with this idea of initially working with the child who was ill and taking photos of the kids or making photos, I say making photos mm-hmm. instead of taking, making photos of the children and teaching them how to make photos of themselves and their family. We used uh, Polaroid cameras in those days mm-hmm. and uh, also still film. So I was able to get some grants and and funding to get cameras for the kids and provide them with film and also come in the studio and have family photos. And we always gave people uh, free print Mm -hmm. from the sittings and I'd go in and out of hospitals all over the world. And um, so I, I realized right away that if someone in the family has cancer, so if a little five-year-old has cancer, the whole family has cancer, right? You're all living with cancer. And so I expanded it pretty, pretty quickly to include the siblings and the parents. And then after working with the families for a while, I realized I kept looking at what are the needs that aren't being met within families whose kids are sick. And um, one thing was people tease them a lot. 
if they were bald or if they had tubes coming out of them or um, the kids with HIV and AIDS, they were harassed so, so badly. And even in the hospitals at that time, some of my kids were so sick and I'd be in the ICU with them and the nurses wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't go near them. And I'm like, you know, his face has blood all over it. You've got to wipe, help him. And they, so I would, I just did it. I was like, I don't care. I mean, I was careful, but you know, um, I, I saw a lot of, incredible uh, I think the nurses were always like the most important people in those teams mm-hmm. um, as well as OTs and PTs but um, a lot of incredible people and um, sometimes there were the uh, indiscretions or in discrepancies of care mm-hmm. depending on economic level and again I I wasn't afraid to speak up and say listen this family needs your help please don't belittle yeah. them because they don't have an education or don't understand what you're doing. Right. So again, they could, the kids and families could share their stories, you know, and write it down. We had exhibits and galleries and were written up in newspapers and magazines and make films and things that uh, people felt so honored to have people at least have a sense of what they were going through and what that was like for them. Yeah. And um, then we started doing workshops, parents' workshops, sibling workshops, kids that were sick workshops, family workshops, where they would do writing and photography and art. And one thing we did was sacred bodies. So I did this little journey with them and they would uh, then have each other trace one another's bodies. We did it up at Children's mm-hmm. Hospital Burn Camp where they would help each other trace their bodies on these huge sheets of foam core board mm-hmm. and then use artwork, words, magazines, collages, uh, objects to tell their story of where they felt pain, what that was like. It might be emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. physical. And a lot of kids come to me and say, I still have my workbook journal. I still have my sacred body, mm-hmm. still have my medicine bag. Yeah. And so just kept creating different opportunities um, until at one point we created an educational outreach program to go into the schools and have kids in front of the whole school share their wow. stories. Um, Lacey Henderson, who's now a Paralympian, when she was nine years old, went to schools with us and some of the other kids and, yeah. you know, took her leg off and, <laughs> you know, answered kids' questions. And now she speaks, um, she has a blog and she, she does a show, uh, what's it, vlogging or uh, mm-hmm. something like what you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, just helping people share stories. And, That's so, excellent. Yeah. That's incredible. And all the while you're also supporting yourself through your, your studio and portraiture business. Yes. Um, and doing, I imagine it simultaneously a whole bunch of other projects because that's kind of how you roll. Yeah. yeah and just that's really important, soulful, incredibly energetic work to be doing. How did you fill your cup while doing all of that? Or was it kind of a simultaneous, your cup was being filled as you saw how rewarding it was? Um, You know, I I had incredible people working with me. I had a great team. Um, Rebecca Lee did all the writing, grant writing, as well as a lot of the writing Mm -hmm. for the books. Um, One of our moms did the writing for our alphabet about kids with cancer. You know, the work was so filling for me and it really, yes, there were absolutely painful times. You know, it was hard when the kids died. Mm -hmm. Um, Hardest to see the families, especially the parents, you know. Um, I can't imagine losing my own child. Um, And and people don't know what to say or do still. Mm So that was, again, an important part of where the photos came in. Right. Um, people can share their stories 
through their photography and um you know once a year i would go to mexico for a week or two and cry the first three or four days i was there I'd just walk on the beach and cry and sleep and rest because i pretty much was working 20 hour days between the two businesses um, every day and doing traveling and um, all of which i love but um it, you know, it wore me down and I had to go do my own little reprieve. I'd read a lot of books, walk on the beach, you know, just rest. Yeah. And sometimes I wouldn't talk to anyone for a few days. I just needed to, you know, just, just cry just, and, and let it out and, you know, refresh myself and meditation, you, meditation, uh, yeah. and my spirituality, uh, have always been, a grounding force for me. Without that, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Um, what is spirituality for you? Spirituality is, uh, gosh, it's how does, what's a good way to define it? It's a belief in something that is, is, a, is as us, in us, above, below, and through us. Um, it's an earth energy, uh, a life energy, um, gratitude. I'd say the biggest thing about spirituality is living in a place of gratitude and forgiveness, forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. Thanks for sharing what that means to you. After you wrapped up the children's legacy in about 2004, I think, what was it that, that you were feeling was next for you at that point? At that point, I was called to learn to live joyfully and just take a reprieve for a little while and stay open to whatever calling and mm -hmm. continue my portrait business, which always fills my heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, learn, learn to live joyfully. And it was interesting because I had definitely come to the point of being defined as the children's legacy. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, like, who am I? Mm -hmm. What is my purpose? Um, what am I meant to do next? And just staying open to that. Um, Did that feel incredibly uncomfortable? It was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yes. And people were mad at me for closing the children's legacy, but nobody wanted to take it on. Uh -huh. And um they didn't want to help with some of the things that needed to be done so that I could carry on mm -hmm. uh, a little bit with a little more grace and not having to, uh, you know, fundraising, uh, keeping nonprofits going is challenging. There's so yeah. many amazing, wonderful organizations doing incredible work and meaningful work. And we were all vying for the same money. Yeah, that and would be really tough. It's tough. It's I, tough. And I, that was actually more wearing to me than the work that I did was yeah. it, it, oh, just, yeah. Yeah, if you but, could just do that and just yes. focus on that. Yeah. But like any a, artist, you know, right. it's like, can I just be the artist and not have to deal with money? <laughs> yeah. But we I do know. have to deal with money. <laughs> I'm so not a business person. <laughs> the work that you you did in Africa with um, women and children with HIV and AIDS. When was that? What years was that? Maybe 2010. I know it was right before 911. So, yeah. So, so you had this moment of kind of rest and recharge, and then you dive back into some pretty challenging subject matter. Yeah. Um, what, how did you feel called to do that? I kept being told by spirit. I get these uh callings in my head mm -hmm. and so I kept being called you need to go to Africa and I'm like and do what you've got a photograph photograph what and so <laughs> and, and whom and how do I do that so and I'm just I, gonna interject for a second because this has come up with many of my guests some call it a download uh, some call it a voice but it's ultimately a calling and often it makes zero sense at the time, but you right. just, you just have this knowing this sense, this, sometimes it's a dialogue or, you know, it's coming and it, and it doesn't make sense sometimes at first. And, and it's like, 
okay. And, and that's really a lot of what I'm hoping to, to convey to listeners or to help inspire is to trust that when it happens, yeah. even if it seems crazy, or you think people are going to think you're crazy for doing it to trust it because it's going to lead somewhere amazing. And it's yeah. going to be amazing and meaningful, not only for you, but for others as well. And that that's really the purpose here with us yes. as humans is to recognize those callings and move in that direction. So yeah. I'm just, I kind of get a little smile every time somebody else describes it. Cause it's like, yep, that's that thing. That's that yes. calling. So yeah. thank yeah. you for letting me kind of step in there. I didn't, oh didn't, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important to listen and that's how I've been guided my whole life. Yeah. Uh, when I look back, it's, it's always been, okay, I'm supposed to do this now. Right. And I resisted it for a long time. Yeah. And then I needed to raise the money to actually go and bring my team with me. Uh-huh. So, um, and I, when my board of directors said, what, but why, why are you going? I'm like, I'm not quite sure yet, but I know I need to go. <laughs> Trust and, me. You know, if you can imagine these business people saying, um, we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm, in, I'm putting money just, towards what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But I knew, I knew when I finally decided, and I remember sitting at Good Friends with a friend and uh, having dinner. And I said, I'm supposed to go to Africa and work with people with HIV and AIDS, but I don't know anything else. And they said, well, how, why would you do that? And I said, I'm just supposed to go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a, a fascinating experience, but the people, my goodness, people came, heard about what I was doing and my team. And um, they walked for miles. They were sick mm. and dying and walked for miles to be wow. part of this project. And I said, you know, we want to share your story and, and have people get to know you, the person, not you, the illness. And oh my goodness. So a friend of mine went with me. I had done a spiritual leadership training with her and she was a mediator. And so she came and she helped. Um, We had a translator. So she would share with the translator what we needed to ask and what she wanted to record. And, And people were so honored to tell their stories and they were painful stories, my goodness. Because once they got HIV or AIDS, they were considered like, banned you know Mm -hmm. and so many died alone with their children and so so many people were sick but um you know again um that that opportunity to feel seen and heard and for us to bear witness to their life and to their humanity all these experiences that you've got to have with people on such an intimate level Mm -hmm. and how that would impact your life is I I think that would be hard to convey through words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, being, being with people, uh, some of the families wanted me to photograph their children while they were dying and I was with them for their last breaths. And uh, some children I photographed after they died and, and the families are really grateful to have those. Gosh, that's intense. Uh, like I, and, I'm getting welled up just hearing that. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it's such an amazing honor. It's a, it's a privilege that I, yeah. I don't take lightly. In those moments when you're, when you're present, when somebody's passing, how intense that must be. And like mm-hmm. you said, a, an honor and a privilege to be present in that moment, because I think that is hugely powerful time Mm -hmm. when that happens to have experienced that and and witnessed that so many times I just I just cannot even wrap my head around that how do you find that balance between that being so difficult and painful and challenging and also yet such a privilege it's such a gift you know there's there is an energy and a beauty Uh, a grace that takes place when you're part of conscious death where people aren't afraid to talk about it and we're all holding that child or that person 
uh, in a loving presence and a loving capacity and uh, giving them permission to go. Mm -hmm. And and when there's a consciousness about it and when people are open and willing to acknowledge death as part of life, not that it's easy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's never easy. I've been with parents where it's like, okay, it's, it's important to let your child know that it's okay for them to go. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, they're like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. You oh, know, God. It's just like, Awful. oh my gosh, it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. heartbreaking. You know, I mean, it's always heartbreaking to let go of your child. And at the same time, they know that they don't want their child to suffer. They don't want them yeah. to live the way they are. And if there's no chance of getting well or healing into wellness, then healing into death with love and grace and caring and, and surrounded by people that care about them is it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing beautiful and painful all at once yeah wow yeah. that's amazing um thank you for sharing that that's that's yeah. and I think a, a word that pops out that I that you said that's just so important is grace mm -hmm. you know um to be able to move through life's experiences both painful and joyous with grace. And so for those who can get to that point, I think that's pretty amazing. And you are one of those people I, I have to say. So I will, I will look up to you in that way and try to learn from that because it's something I still work on <laughs> mm. every day. What, what came for you after the children's legacy and your work in Africa where did your focus turn to then? So again, all along, I continued building my portrait business. And I um, can't remember at what point I also became a Reiki master, which is healing energy. And I still do that on occasion. It's, it's a lot of fun. I was wondering, because um, I, yeah. I, that you were my introduction to Reiki. And yeah. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I think that's kind of funny. I share it with a lot. Of, I was in... I don't even know what age I was <laughs> younger thirties. I was in a period of, I had had this breaking point with emotional stuff, emotional baggage that I think I was trying to outwit outrun and it didn't work. And it all kind of came crashing Never down. Does. <laughs> no, I know. And so I, and I still don't know how I did it, but there was a shift from being angry and a victim and just being kind of a train wreck and kind of got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I met you, I think shortly after that shift and I was still working on things within myself haphazardly, you know, it always comes in little increments and you have these little breakthroughs or you have these aha moments and I think we were going to trade haircuts for Reiki. You were learning Reiki. And I thought, well, I don't even know what that is, but I like Katie so much. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so I would just I'd do the haircut and then I'd go to the Reiki with the, like, I didn't really intend on getting anything out of Reiki. I didn't even understand it. It was just like, whatever. Okay. I'll, I'll lay here and we'll do Reiki. And that, I don't know how many sessions we had, but I was having a lot of shifts in a positive direction. And it dawned on me, huh, I wonder if it has anything to do with that Reiki. <laughs> and then I was pretty convinced it did, even though I still didn't understand it. I thought, oh, this is a good thing. I'm going to do more of this Reiki. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny how I really had no intention of, of getting anything out of Reiki. And yet I did what, so it's whether I wanted to receive it or not, it was going to it works anyway. It was going to work anyway. So yeah. thank you. And, <laughs> and then, you, you know, is when I thought, oh, I, I've, I've kind of done it, you know, I'm, I'm getting enlightened and I'm, I, I did it. I, I healed. And then it was <laughs> the universe. It's like, yeah, not quite. 
and then you kind of reach another hump. I find like life kind of comes in those waves. Like you ride that good wave while you've got it. Cause there's always going to be something else that comes up for you to work on. And you saw me through that as well. We don't know. You need to go into too much detail, but yeah, it, it was, you saw me through some, some highs and lows. That's for sure. Well, I think uh, we did with each other. This is true. This is and, true. And, and, you know, as a hair specialist, that yeah. you are a person specialist and you hear a lot of stories while people are sitting in that chair. So yeah. You have your own form of Reiki. I'm a, a therapist, I call it. Yeah. And we yeah. do therapy together sometimes, yes. <laughs> but it's, it is. And I love it. And I, yeah. you well, know, you're a safe presence. And I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah. I've always appreciated that about you. Well, thank you. I've had some really incredible relationships with clients outside of just doing their hair. It's funny. It's not just about doing the hair. It's, it's these relationships that we form and these stories that we share and these pieces of each other's lives that we get to travel together mm-hmm. on that journey, which is really an honor as yeah. I'm sure you can understand. Yes. So yeah, I wasn't sure if you were still doing Reiki and if you're a Reiki practitioner. So that's super yes. cool. Yeah. 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 And I know that you make amazing portraiture and what else I know you're, you've always been drawn to social activism in a, in a sense through your yeah. photography. And also what I've seen develop more of, I don't know that I saw this as much, but it seems like more and more with nature mm-hmm. um, that you're working on too. So in both of those areas. Let's cover maybe the activism part first. Where is your focus with that right now? So um, after I did Reiki, then I uh, did a book of, again, was called to do this book with women and men with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a three-year journey because I needed to raise the money myself. I did that privately. Um, And that was, that was a powerful journey. My mom and grandmother both died when they were Mm -hmm. 50 from breast cancer. Um, and, um, and then after I published that, uh, I started doing some other work. Then let's see, several years ago, I think maybe it's been four years, three or four years ago, a longtime client came in that I hadn't seen in many years. She needed a business photo for an award she was winning for outstanding service in uh, Canada. And I said, tell me, tell me about your work. And she has this organization called the Women's Regional Network and works with women leaders and activists who are working on ending violence against women and children and helping them get educated. Um, And so she was just getting ready to do this work. Uh, Someone had asked her if she would come down to Guatemala and help. Uh, They were putting on the first ever summit for women leaders and activists from 30 countries in the Mm. Americas. And Pat said, you really need to have Katie Tartikoff come document this for you. And they're like, well, we don't have any funding. So I said, you know, if they pay my, all my fees, you know, my travel, hotel and food, that Mm -hmm. I would go do that. Mm. So, um, so Pat and I went to, uh, to Guatemala and uh, participated in this conference. I documented all the women, um, wow. made portraits of each one. And uh, again, that English, Spanish. So anyway, I didn't get to know the women as much as I would like to, but what remarkable human beings. And so then um, through Pat, I've gotten to document a lot of uh, meetings and opportunities where women are doing funding uh, opportunities to help other women in in various countries and cultures as well as here. And then um, a couple of years ago, I got to go to Kuala Lumpur and document a summit of women leaders and activists from India, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. And they they were a little hesitant, like, why is this white girl here? Yeah. We have photographers in our countries. And Pat said, you know, I think you'll be really pleased with her being here. Mm-hmm. And so after I photographed the first few women, they said to all the other women, oh my God, 
you've got to have Katie do your portrait. It's amazing. She makes us look so beautiful. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't make you look beautiful. You are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You are absolutely beautiful, divinely, wonderfully, beautifully beautiful. Sure. And um, they were really appreciative. Many had never had a professional photo. Some had never had a photo. Wow. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we, I believe that they need to, they have to have a documentation of who they are because many of the women go missing, they're raped, yeah. they're murdered, they're kidnapped. Um, and so to have some kind of historical uh, documentation of, of them, um, as yeah. well as ways for them to use for the, the work they do. Right. And they, you know, they, they, many, many, many of them said, I, I feel seen. And right. that's, that's the gift I feel that spirit brings through me and as me that um, I'm able to capture an essence in people that they've never seen in themselves. And I just, again, I just feel so honored and privileged that I get to, I get to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm still working with them, but we haven't been able to yeah. uh, see our sisters from around the world. Um, I also, again, through Pat Cooper, um, got to document the first three years of the International Global Leadership Institute that is hosted at DU okay. in the School of International Studies. Um, again, making portraits and documenting the meeting. And um, uh-huh. I'm in touch with many, many of the women from all over the world through all the work I've been doing. Do you feel you'll continue to collaborate with Pat? Oh, yes. In this as way? long as I'm asked, I'm, I'm yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this feels like a pretty strong calling for you right now. Yes. Work with- she's an understated, underspoken woman, but man, she's tiny. And when she needs to be mighty, she's mighty. <laughs> I love that. But otherwise she's, she sits back and just lets everybody else do their thing. She doesn't, you know, inter- she's lets the leaders be leaders. And, I know. Uh, just provides opportunities for them to do the work they need to do. What do you feel will be next for you? Right now, um, I've been working for the last year and a half with uh, Marianne Bash from EOTO, Each One Teach One. Marianne Bash started this program um, helping non, with people as, with learning English um, in the school system um, and also uh, encouraging the parents to help teach each other and the kids English. So it's a pretty expansive program of bringing, uh, helping kids and parents in school learn English, but also uh, they have a community garden Mm -hmm. and learn to garden and then learn to cook healthy foods. Um, So important. Yeah. So again, we're photographing there are 365 people that have families that have participated in this program over the years and we're doing our best to document those families they come in the studio and have a sitting for free well uh marianne's done fundraising to to pay me for the sittings and then i donate the prints um so they they come in and have their photo made the families we photograph families from uh, many, many different countries and cultures, uh, including uh, Nigerian royalty, oh, which cool. was just delightful. And I have my heart, uh, one of my brothers growing up was from Lagos, Nigeria. So I, it's, it's a special place for me in my heart. Um, and then they need to submit their story we give them some guidelines about what to write about and and then we frame their photo and story together and they'll be hanging all over the school and then after each seven families we've done we do a little ceremony in the community garden and the families read their stories and show their photos and then we present them with their photo that they get to have they get to choose which photo is for the school and which photo is for home and, and the, 
this is all within Denver. These are families yes. in Denver. Denver in Public Denver Schools. Public yeah, it's schools. through uh, Marie L. Greenwood Academy. What amazing, again, you know, people are, are quite, when we give them a chance to share who they are, where they come from, what's important to them, it, it just brings together what I call the oneness, that we are mm -hmm. all one. We might look different, we might have different levels of background, but ultimately, as humanity, we're all one. Mm -hmm. And I really pray with everything going on in the world right now that we find a way to be better. Yeah, I um, think, you know, ultimately, again, when we all can really answer the callings that we're meant to do, yeah. that that's that also leads towards oneness. Mm -hmm because I think the journey it takes you on is going to change who you are. Mm -hmm. So your journey through meeting all these people is leading you. I mean, you do amazing things, but you're always still growing and changing and learning. And so if we all could have the courage, you know, to really just open ourselves up and yeah. take those take so take those scary steps and those those chances on yeah. just moving in the direction of that which is calling to us and be open to see where that takes us in our life yeah again i only think it is for not only our own highest good but the highest good of all absolutely and yeah. those are exact words that i use as yeah. well excellent. yeah excellent yeah well i i thank you for sharing so much is there anything else that you want to share right now as far as what you're doing or just something maybe that we didn't touch on that you feel might be inspiring to others yeah so um one of the things you asked what are so what are ways i take care of myself yeah if i'm not in my studio or in a hospital or wherever making photos or around the world, um, documenting my beautiful sisters. Um, I am outside with my camera taking, you know, like people yeah. take their dogs for a walk. My camera calls yeah. me to take it for walks. Awesome. So I, you know, I have had some amazing teachers, uh, Rachel Brocky and Ryan Smith being two of my favorite teachers, now dear, dear friends. Um, and I've taken quite a few workshops with Ryan um, learning to do Milky Way. And mm -hmm. so I'm out in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere, just looking at billions of stars in this peaceful setting. And oh my goodness, that fills my soul and doing wildlife and birds and flowers and landscapes. And um, I've always done a lot of that, but I've been doing it professionally for the last many years and selling my art. Yeah. Um, which during COVID was a big blessing because yeah. people were home and wanted something new and beautiful for their walls. Yeah. So I've, I've sold quite a, quite a lot of my fine art photography. And that again, just such a blessing. I get to do every day what I love. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's a nice balance for me to be because uh, nature is part of my spirituality as well. And it helps yeah. ground me, literally ground me. Um, just walking the earth and seeing, I, I feel like I'm making portraits of the world around me, whether yeah. it's the people or the landscape or the sky or the water, uh, the sun and the moon are, you know, they call my name all the time, especially the moon. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, I guess I would like to say to people, if there's something that calls you, no matter how hard it might feel or how scary or unreachable, try it, you know, just do it. And I still fail. I fail every single day I'm out with this new camera that's mirrorless. I'm like, what the heck? I literally <laughs> said to a friend of mine yesterday, I said, after almost, let's see, I've literally been doing photography for 56 years. Oh my word. And I feel like I don't know what I'm doing when I look, when I'm <laughs> using this camera, like I want to do blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, I liked those cameras where you just you used it, your F-stop, your shutter speed, your ISO. Good focus. Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> and these things, they're so complex and I am not a techie person. Mm. So, um, but you know, that said, keep going, 
push so through the take frustration. A deep breath. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I can do this. I can do this. And, and really, especially if there's something that calls to you, no matter what it is, give it a try, you know, just, just a little bit at a time, find mm-hmm. a couple of people that believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. And, you know, can you please, you know, boost me up a little bit here for a minute Yeah, and, you know, but do what it takes because um, whatever vision is, if we're being called to do it, there's, there's some importance, not just for ourselves, but for those around us. So. I agree. And I do think that when you, when you have the courage to take a step, the universe meets you mm-hmm. and you know, helps along the way they, if you show up, they show up or it shows up or whatever, (laughs) you know, and that, that you might not have to understand how it's all going to work. This have some faith. Yeah. Or why? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, if you're called to go to Africa, okay, go to Africa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, Katie, I thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories and, you're an amazing woman and I'm definitely inspired by you. And I'm grateful that you have had the courage to, to answer the calls and to share your gifts with the world and to keep working tirelessly (laughs) um, towards these things you feel passionately about. Oh, thank Mm. you. And thanks for having me. I love that you're doing this and um, answering your call to do this. Thank you. I think you're pretty incredible person too. Thank thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. Love you too. It is always such a pleasure to spend time with Katie and chat with her. She truly is an angel on earth in my eyes. The work she does benefits all of humanity and touches the lives of so many in such a positive way. Katie recently made photographs of me and my family, and they are absolutely beautiful. I encourage you to check her out. You can see more of her work on her website, katietartikoff.com. That's spelled K-A-T-Y-T-A-R-T-A-K-O-F-F.com. Or you can also find her on Facebook. I really encourage you to check out her work and see what you think of it. I think you'll find it beautiful and inspiring. If you liked what you heard here today, please share with friends or share on social media. You can follow 1111 Calling on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow me on Instagram at 11.11.calling or on Facebook at 1111 Calling. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you all have a beautiful day. Much love to you all.